the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. There's a line in the baptismal service that always strikes me when I read it. We baptized Heather Sherman yesterday, Heather Helena, beautiful saint. Uh, the words are this, he descended upon earth taking on the form of a servant because of his tender compassion and his mercy he could not endure to behold mankind oppressed by the devil his love for mankind was so great he then as it says in Philippians who takes on the form of who is being in the form of God now because of this inability, God's inability to endure the race of man crushed by the devil, he takes on the form of a servant, being made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and becoming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death on the cross. So, who is this person whose love for mankind is so great that he empties himself of his position in heaven and becomes the servant, the bondservant of us all? the lowliest of us all, takes on the form of us all. How great is his love for us? You know, when you ask a little kid, I remember this, you ask a little kid, how big is it? And when it's as big as it can be, what do they do? They go like this. It's that big. That's how big God's love is. It's that big. It's as big as it can be. It's bigger than we could ever want it, we could ever imagine it to be. He pours his love onto mankind daily, minute by minute, moment by moment. There's not a moment that God is not pouring his love out into your life. Not one moment. We just don't see it. We just don't kind of engage that aspect of things. You know, you heard in the epistle all the struggles of the apostles. And to St. Paul, that was the glory of God because it showed God's power. It showed God's mercy. Everything they had to endure, all the stuff they had to go through made them better Christian people. So that was a loving act of God. What a powerful thing to know how powerful God's love is. How incredible his love is. And then he goes into this town and there's two blind men there and he heals them. All he requires of them is faith. Do you believe I can do this? You know, we really could ask, he could probably ask the question, do you believe I love you enough to do this? That's really what he's saying. Because it wasn't an act just to demonstrate his power. It was an act to demonstrate his love. His love for the blind men. That, that blind, those blind men would see 
And then he comes to uh, demon-possessed mute. And he loses his tongue. And then the, the reputation spreads over all of Judea. And guess who comes out now? Everyone that's sick. And guess what he does to everyone that's sick? He heals them. Why? Because he loves them. He's pouring out his mercy, his love on the people. How much does God love you? Everybody do it. Just don't hurt the person next to you. That much! That much! And anytime, just do that. Remind yourself. He loves me this much. You know, when they really know how big it is, they stretch as far as they can. That's how much God loves us. This is a powerful gospel. Healing blind men, healing a mute, and then healing all the sicknesses. This was not uncommon in Jesus' three-year ministry. He would go into almost every town he went into where there was faith, he would heal all that were sick because he loves mankind. He could not endure mankind tormented by the devil. He couldn't stand his, his image in man to be so tarnished and, and broken, so he took on the form of a servant to come and heal us, to show us how much he loves us. I was with Bishop Benjamin, who I loved dearly, at a conference one time, and I was sitting next to him at, at the dinner, and uh, he leans over to me, and he says, Father Nicholas, do you know what these people need? To, you know what these people need? I thought it was going to be some really powerful thing. He says, you know what they need? They need to know that God loves them. That's all he said. God loves them. You know, if we could walk each day just feeling and knowing that God loves us, it would make a huge difference on how we approach things, how we approach every day. God loves me. God cares for me. God takes care of me. God blesses me. And, and he, he blesses me in sometimes odd ways. He blesses me with difficulty. He may even bless me with an illness. So first today, beloved, let's rejoice in God's love for us. And then uh, my next thought is, is about the recovery of the blind. It's still an incredible thing to see these kind of miracles that the blind men see. But when they recovered their sight, what did they see? What did they see? What do we see with our eyes? I was thinking of this a monk, story of a monk. I was reading in a book years ago, and this monk saw God in everything. He said when he was driving in a car, you know, he stayed most of the time in the monastery, but when he was driving in a car, he'd say, oh, look at those telephone poles. That's the Holy Cross of Christ. 
that reminds us of God's love and sacrifice for mankind. Oh, look at the airplane. That's another cross reminding us of how bountifully God loves us and cares for us. Oh, look at the sun. Doesn't that remind us of the sun of righteousness who lives with us and has died for us and cares for us? Look at the sky, how bountiful it is, how beautiful it is, how vast God's holy kingdom is. Look at the moon, how it shines in the darkness. Look at the tree, how it praises God minute after minute after minute. So what do we see? What do we see? Do we see God in all things? Is, is, is our, are we kind of sheltered a bit sometimes from looking at the visible reality and not seeing through it the invisible reality? Do we not look at the tree and see it praising God? Do not we look at the moon and praise God for his light in the midst of darkness? Or the sun and rejoice in the sun of righteousness? or the telephone pole, and rejoice in the cross. See, there's so much opportunity, beloved, for us to see him in all things. He, his love for us abounds so much that he gives himself into nature so that even through nature we can rejoice in him and see him and participate in him. You don't have to just go on a walk to do this. You can just be, this is how our day should be. To rejoice in the goodness of God, in his presence in all things. So let us rejoice there. The other thing about what we see and do in regard to nature is that we have an opportunity to sanctify it. To allow it to become what it was meant to become. To sanctify water. And to make it the life of God, the healing power, the purification. We sanctify bread and wine and make it the body and blood of Christ. So we can take that, the elements of, 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 of this world uh, farther. So we can not only see through them, but we participate in them. So let us today rejoice in what we see in nature. We see God in all things. And do we see also, do we see God in all men? You know, when those blind men were, uh, were given their sight, I, I think they saw the world very differently from then on. I think they looked at people and saw in the people the image of God. You know, how long ago was it? Probably 30 years ago. I ran into a little girl. Her name was Alicia Keith. She taught me something so valuable. Alicia was a very, very handicapped little girl. And I had just moved from Devereux School where I worked with all these great kids. We had great times, roller skating. They're all ambulatory, really active, uh, challenged children. I loved it, it was great, but I was able to get a job with Santa Barbara County with profoundly and multiply handicapped children, which meant they were very, very involved. And Alicia had 
very severe cerebral palsy, all twisted up into this like little ball. He had to feed her, had to change her. She was 16 years old. Uh, tiny little girl. And I remember the first week, I said, boy, I think I made a mistake. I don't know if I can do this. Because it was hard. It's hard to see that kind of handicap and work with it day after day. I'll never forget the moment when Alicia looked at me and I saw Alicia. I saw the image of God in this twisted body. And I said, this is what it's about. It's about seeing the image of God in everyone. And she, she, is, she is the sweetest. God rest her soul. She passed. God rest her soul. But you, in her eyes, I saw the image of God, and I fell in love with her. And, with, and, in, and you can fall in love with all people, because in everyone, no matter how twisted they are, how, how hard it is to see that image, the image is there. And we can love that image in them. Is that what we see? Or do we see the stuff around them? Do we see the struggle around them? Beloved, we are all called to treat each other as Christ's. As you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. So we need to see each other in the image of God and treat one another that way. And rejoice in that, that God's given us that opportunity. So let us see then this opportunity to, to see his image in all people. It changes your relationship. It changes your relationship with people. So may God help us in that. And lastly, uh, the recovery of speech. Not that bad. I only got one more point left. So, recovery of speech. So, when speech is recovered, what do we say? You know, St. James says to be careful of the tongue, this little tiny piece of the body, because it, on one hand, praises God, and the other hand, curses neighbor. Okay, we have to be very careful of what we say what we say. And I think the important thing here is, I'll I'll tell you what my mother told me, and I'm sure she told you. If you can't say anything nice, (laughs) don't say anything at all. She probably said that to me five times a day. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. You know, we have to be so careful with what comes out of our mouth? What comes out of our mouth? Because it, it can be an encouragement, it can be a blessing, or it can, be, it can be a weight. It can be something that's heavy. And so what we want to do, beloved, is take that which is good in us, that is encouraging in us, that is kind in us, that's loving in us, and allow that to be our speech. And when we feel the other stuff, in us that that frustration that anger you know what you should do zip it and she was right in another thing and then count to ten let it go away 
You know, St. John Chrysostom says there's two ways you conquer anger. One is don't get angry. And the other is if you do, don't open your mouth. Two ways. Okay. So, beloved, today we have a loving God that has poured out his mercy upon us and continues to do that day after day. We have a loving God that allows us to see him in nature and each other. And he gave us a tongue to praise him and to encourage each other. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.